Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Hello, everybody. Episode 21 coming at you from... My house, again, as it always does. As usual, your house. Maybe one day we'll be in an exotic location, sipping my ties on a beach. Um, but no, we're here in Santa Barbara with Rachel, of course, as always. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know if any of these listeners also follow my nutrition um, coaching Instagram, achieving underscore awesome. You should check it out. But we uh, just posted a recipe recently for some protein oat bars. And uh, Rachel and I were just doing a little experimental baking, preparing. <laughs> there's and... a, there's no baking involved. Hannah keeps saying baking, but uh, well, it's like it's like other, stirring and it up. You together. have to stir things. We stirred <laughs> and we put in pans and we refrigerated and then we taste tested it, and it was kind of interesting to see how one recipe can produce. I did two attempts. One recipe can produce three entirely different tasting. Products. Yes, yes, we definitely did some improvising, got three very different results. With very different um, consistencies. Yeah. And I am now very, very full with oats, honey, protein powder, <laughs> protein powder. and peanut butter. <laughs> but hey, that's a good And thing. unlike the podcast, we actually just did a video review for that. We did. So all the times where we talk about things that we would do if we had video... Um, yeah, we, we've done it now for a recipe. We put but... our faces out in the world. We should also maybe try um, some of the little workouts, at-home workouts that I put up on there. And we should we should try oh, them, yeah. too. We do videos of those. See how evil I've been. But not today, because yesterday we did one hell of a workout, and yes. today is a rest day. Well, for me, anyway. Did you work out? No, I did not work out. It was also a rest day for me. Uh, I love rest days. <laughs> and I love rest days. My body needs it, yeah. Every... Everything in my body is sore. Pretty much. Even my brain. And yeah. my brain is sore because after <laughs> almost 30 days, I had to I had to break it a couple of days early for a celebration for something I've been waiting for for a while. So a couple of days shy of 30 days of no drinking plus the other, you know, no sugar and gluten and all that stuff we've been doing recently. And I had two glasses of wine and a small bit of champagne. Yep, and I had two hard ciders and a bit of champagne, and I did not sleep well. <laughs> I did not feel good overnight. I did not feel good when I woke up this morning. I can always tell, like when I have that first cup of coffee. Like I live for my first cup, Your of, first coffee cup of coffee in the morning. In the morning like the yeah. smell of the coffee, the anticipation, the taste when you've got good coffee. Like that is literally one of my favorite moments of the day. And whenever I've drunk too much alcohol. The next day, sometimes I don't even want any coffee. That's going to be ah, a then, really then you know bad day. Yeah, That's when you know I just bad. close the blinds and I'm not getting out of bed because I'm a hot <laughs> mess express. This morning I could drink the coffee, but it just didn't taste good. 
And that is so disappointing. That is a shame. Which is really fascinating to me because like I've now done these 30 days of clean eating. This is the third time I've done it. I created this thing last year. We did it August last year. I did it again in January this year and August this year. And the previous two, I found like the alcohol was the hardest part for me. Missing it. Because in terms of the food, there's not much I actually change in my diet because I eat yeah. decently clean. I'm not like a saint or an angel and eat perfect all of the time. Absolutely not. But there's like the the food part I don't really have to give up much. Yeah. The alcohol in the past has been like it's kind of one of few vices that I have in terms of eating and drinking. And now I just made myself sound like an alcoholic. But <laughs> <laughs> I like my glass of wine. Last summer I was drinking one or two glasses of wine every day. Um, because it was not a whole hell of a yeah, lot. Yeah, last summer else. we all, I think, imbibed a bit more than we used And then used to in do. January, well, you're just coming off the back of like the holiday season where there's yeah. always more drinking. So, you know, my body was kind of accustomed to, oh, it's Monday. Well, I've still got wine open from the weekend, so I'll just have a glass of wine. And yeah. Tuesday, well, you know, what the heck? I'll just open a bottle and, and so on and so forth. So alcohol has always been the hard thing. This time around, I was on vacation in New Orleans in third week in July where we drank enough for probably a year. <laughs> um, just like not getting drunk, drunk, but like just consistently throughout the day from mimosas through to cocktails. Right. And when you start so, at breakfast, it gets... Uh... There's that story, the doodle oh. telling me that uh, I should really lay off the drinking. But yeah, so I felt like I drank a lot of alcohol in July then when we came back on the 25th of July, I didn't really drink anything for the week prior to the 30 days. Yeah. I had two glasses of wine just before I started my 30 days. And I, like my body felt kind of like it was being poisoned. <laughs> and this entire 30 yeah. days, I really have not missed it at all. At no point have I been like, dang it, I really want to drink. So yesterday confirmed but that yesterday you don't need much I got good news about my 10-year green card soon to be arriving in the mail. I got the congratulations, your approved letter, which I've been waiting for for four years. So we were like, you know what? Let's have a glass yeah, of champagne. It's important and then to a friend's band was playing, so we went to the brewery and I was like, well, if I'm going to have champagne, I may as well have a drink while we're here. But my goodness, <laughs> I... I don't, I mean, obviously when you've been without something and then you put it in your body, it's going to feel like, oh yeah, worse. I mean, like if I was you, to you could have had this. a bunch of refined sugar or gluten oh, yeah. yesterday and might also have felt weird as your body was adjusting to something you cut out for It's kind of like working time, out but, too, you know, if like you yeah. have, if you've had a week off of working out and you go back in the gym and hit it hard you're and you're more sore, your body is like, what? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I don't think it's. I feel sufficiently bad to decide that I'm never going to drink again. Yeah, we really didn't have that much. I mean, but, all told, <laughs> three drinks. Like, it was three drinks over like four and a half hours. Like it was not, with, food. <laughs> with food. With food. Yeah, and we, we didn't go nuts. But and we, plenty of yeah. water. Yeah. Um, but it does kind of, you know, like every time I, when I first did one of these 30 days, I had been eating a lot of deli meats and I had been eating, for some reason, I don't even know why because I was still eating meat, but I had also started to include a lot of like vegan alternatives to meat in my diet, a lot of processed stuff. Yeah. So when I did this in August, since then, I have never really eaten deli meat again. I have never looked at, even looked at a vegan hot dog. 
or yes. bought anything from the freezer section that is told, a meat replacement. We told our listeners about your weird vegan hot dog on cinnamon yes. raisin toast with yes. hot sauce as like one of the weirdest um, if it fits your macro kind of meals. Right. And then January, I mean, there wasn't much more really to clean up in January. But like this, it's really kind of confirmed to me because I'm also like occasionally I can, I get, I can actually drink a decent amount of alcohol and not end up like so drunk that I'm falling down. Right. But I will yeah, always suffer for it the, the next, next day. day. Yeah. And I think my big takeaway from this 30 day thing is that there's always a trade off when you make choices. And for me, most of the time, waking up or having crappy sleep and waking up feeling crappy and with a headache and like you're behind the curve because of drinking isn't worth it yeah for me i mean for me alcohol the main thing that i regret if i overindulge is just how bad i sleep like how poorly i sleep after having even a couple glasses of wine um and especially since i've started like tracking my sleep and looking at at what happens during sleep um i mean alcohol just affects it so much and i'm sure that you know, leads to a lot of the other bad things that come from, I mean, obviously being hungover has a lot to do with dehydration and things like that. But if it's disrupting your sleep, it means in addition to being hungover, your body hasn't been able to do all the other great repair type things that it does when you're sleeping. So for me, that's what I always regret is that I, I messed up a, a potentially great night of sleep. <laughs> yeah. And we, we did a gnarly workout yesterday morning, like over 40 minutes, all sorts of different stuff, like full body craziness. Yeah. Festival of fitness. We, sh- we needed a great night's we sleep. We needed a great yeah. night's sleep to recover. Yeah. So then it's kind of like we put in all yeah. that effort. And then, you know, a fraction of those, like, quote unquote gains for yeah. overnight recovery exactly. have been lost. I mean, I, like, during deep sleep is when a lot of, like, muscle and cellular repair in general happens. And last night I got like 11 minutes of deep sleep. What do you usually get without any alcohol? Uh, so a good night for me is over an hour. I actually, I, I did like a DNA test, that 23andMe thing, and confirmed that like actually I'm not, I'm not genetically predisposed to getting a lot of deep sleep. Like I think some people get like a couple hours on a good night. But for me, like an hour is, is good. Oh, I need to so revisit 12, like 23 12 me. minutes is like, that is like practically nothing, right? Like that's not enough time for my body to do very much of that repair work. So, and yeah, and like the sleep factor is, you know, we get flooded with human growth hormone overnight. We repair, we recover. And it's also essential whether you're trying to like build your muscle mass, repair your body or lose weight. Lose too. weight. Like sleep oh, yeah. is essential. Absolutely. And like that, I mean, that's, that's one of the lifestyle factors of like body recomposition. It's not just what you do in the gym and it's not just what you eat. It's what all those other lifestyle things oh, that you do too. Whenever I would plateau, or like, you know, if I was seeing some solid, you know, slow and steady weight loss during a cut or something, if, if it paused or even like bumped back up a bit and I was confused by that, I would go look at my sleep log and every single time there were factors that were either like alcohol that week was higher than normal or I had like, you know, of the seven nights that week looking at the weekly trend, you know, there was just poor sleep in there. And it's like your body can't can't do much of anything without really good sleep. 
So with all that in mind, we decided that it would be a fun topic to discuss like tracking devices and tracking apps. Like we've talked a lot about tracking food and macros and stuff, but how do you go about if things like sleep and stress are super important, how do you go about tracking that? And we've both have experiences with using different devices and different apps. So I thought it would be fun to have that conversation. Yeah. Right now I am kind of like, I don't want to call basic bitching it, but like low level (laughs) tracking. I have a fairly basic Fitbit on my wrist that honestly I use mostly just to tell the time. And it tells me how (laughs) many but it tells me how many steps I'm doing each day. It tells me how many calories theoretically I've burned, but I don't believe it because it it's entirely based off I could work out like a fiend in the gym. Yeah. And, you know, if I've done, like, 9,000 steps at the end of the day, it will tell me that I've burned, like, 1,600 calories, which is 100 calories more than my resting metabolic rate. So I, I beg to differ. But if I walk... That's a lot. Wow. If okay. I walk 17,000 steps in a day, but do zero working out... Yeah, you just had a It tells me, day. like, it tells me the other day that I burned 2,500 calories. <laughs> so I, I don't believe it's data too much. Um, is so, that is that keeping? That's got to be taking into account your just the calories you burn by just being alive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see. Yeah. yeah no, it's not. Sorry, a, I was like, wait, twenty five hundred in addition to that. You're saying that's total. Oh man, that would be amazing. Now that is like you plug in. So the watch syncs with, and I think one of the reasons that I don't dive too hard into the data for this Fitbit is yeah. because the syncing process between watch and app. I mean, yeah, like the watch on my wrist and the app on my phone. Where you, you know, it, the app manages it. It just takes so long for it to sync <laughs> that I get bored, get bored, and then I How switch. How long does it take to sync? That's it's crazy. Really a long time, like, and like really long in like the world of technology where we want everything to be instant. Like minutes. Minutes. Oh. Minutes. And and it, it could be like maybe if you're looking at it regularly and it's fairly updated, then you're good. If you're like checking in once a week with stuff and trying to just look over your week, it decides it needs to do an update or it's got to really think about it. Oh, so wow. it takes a really, it's a Fitbit Versa 2, I think that's what I'm wearing right now. Um, but you do get like assuming you have the patience to wait for minutes <laughs> for the, the app and your watch to talk to each other. It got does it. give you like the sleep data and breaks it down into like deep sleep and light sleep and shows you like the the, the times when you're interrupted and technically awake and right. I can definitely yes. it's fascinating to look at it because there are times when I'm like oh for sure I remember being awake then right. there are other times when I was like wow that must have literally been like it came out of sleep and then kind of went back into sleep right. but not full consciously it, so awake. It, yeah it tracks things you don't notice so it is fascinating and um I first started to pay attention to sleep before I got this Fitbit when I went through, I think I had it for like six months, I had a, one of the Whoop straps. Oh yeah, I remember when you used Whoop. And I got that. <laughs> Whoop does not tell you the time. That's Whoop like the one thing it does not time. tell you. <laughs> and that's where, like, I mean, I bought, I got my Whoop because I decided to run Pier to Peak, which is a half marathon with pretty much 4,000 feet of elevation here in Santa Barbara. You start down at the harbor. And then you run up to the top of one of the mountains. Yeah. It's kind of like it goes from slow climb in the beginning to areas of like being steep enough where it's pretty dang hard to to run. You know, it's kind of crawling. Um, So I wanted to 
really like see the data on um, my uh, recovery and to know that, you know, when I could go and train best and I kind of decided to get a little nerdy about it and learn about heart rate variability and stuff. Um, and the whoop data was really good. And I was like obsessed. Yeah. Like, wake up in the morning and it, I'd open my app and it would be right there. Maybe like a few seconds, not minutes. <laughs> so it synced faster. It synced okay. faster. Right. And it was really fascinating. And then that's when I first also got the kind of wake up call of like, wow, if I drink alcohol, yeah. my sleep is trash. Yeah. Even if I'm not consciously awake for that long, my, I don't. Your heart rate stays elevated. Ever. And, yeah, yeah. My heart rate is always like elevated. And I, I, then I started to notice like if I do wake up in the night having drunk alcohol that I could physically feel like my heart rate was kind of yeah, like you almost felt like it was absolutely pounding. absolutely um so that was when I first started to pay attention to sleep and what that meant for recovery and what that then in turn felt like on recovered days and not so recovered because in whoop they kind of give you have like if you're in the green light you're fully recovered and it's like full send off you go do whatever you like yeah and there's like yellow and then there's like red I didn't have too many days in the red, but there were definitely some days where it was just like, sit on your ass and rest. Right. <laughs> for the love of God, <laughs> please do not go for another eight mile run or yeah, yeah. But I, mean, I like truly... it when the devices kind of yell at you, they scold you. <laughs> and I stopped, honestly, I, I, I would still love to have a whoop and I'm sure I'll probably go back to it at some point, but I wanted to have a device where, because whoop is not like a monthly membership thing. Yeah, I was going to say, whoop is tough because of the cost. It's like 30, 30 bucks a month or Yeah, like it used to be you just bought the strap and then you had the app and it was like, like if you have a grandfathered in whoop strap from like the first few years, you don't have to pay that. But then they... Obviously, it's solid marketing for them. I'm not going to fault them for that, but it does kind of suck that now you get the strap for free, quote unquote, but you're, you're paying up. them 30 bucks a month. So if you use it for any more than like a year, you're definitely paying way more. It's a lifetime of cost rather than a one-time yes. cost. So I think, I mean, the Whoop was what really kind of kicked me up into another year of like, I really want to pay attention to this and, yeah. and see, because I wasn't sure that I would actually be able to do a half marathon up a mountain. So I was like, this is really intriguing. Um, and I loved it for all of the information that it gave me. And I certainly, for the first couple of months, did not pay, like, I didn't listen to it. Like, I would look at the data and be like, oh, I'm not very recovered. Yes. Cool, I'm going to go to the gym I anyway. I seem to recall that. I remember <laughs> you being proud of things like, oh my gosh, I got my day strain up to like this amount. And you were like so proud that you got these like kind of bad day strain scores in terms of you really pushed hard and then the next day also it was like settle down you're like nope not gonna do it so, <laughs> so it's like so you didn't listen to the data you defied. loved having it but you defied it on the back end as I got closer to my race I started to be like okay I've I've been I've got this data I'm paying my $30 a month I've got my fancy ass strap that doesn't tell the time Right. Um, <laughs> you wear it on your like wear it wrist, on my wrist, and I look keep looking at it. Yeah, and it still not, won't tell me the time. It don't matter how many times I look at this damn thing; it's not telling me the time. Um, for the first, probably, I'd say a healthy forty percent of the time that I had it. Let's say it was like over six months. Um, I would look at the data every morning. The sleep was the most fascinating one to me, and then I would totally ignore what it was telling me in terms of <laughs> recovery. 
and you know what might be an appropriate day strain yeah just to see it was kind of more like you know if someone tells you not to do something what's the first thing you want to do Go right. do it. Yes. So I was kind of rebelling against... Psychologically, these devices are interesting. If they trigger that in you, you're like, I'm going to rebel against you. You shut up, little and then strap it was... on my wrist. <laughs> it was kind of a funny conversation in my head. Like, wait a minute. I'm paying $30 a month for this device to try and put me into an optimal <laughs> training position. And I am trying to defy it and yeah. tell it that it's yeah. wrong. But it was not wrong. It was right. So like, after a period of being like, screw you wrist device i i was like well let's just see what happens if we actually pay attention start listening to it yeah to the day strain and even if i feel good and this is the an interesting thing to learn is like some days when your recovery is garbage you wake up feeling like garbage like yes today like if somebody told me okay go into the gym and repeat what you did yesterday i'd probably cry <laughs> but like some days i would wake up and Apart from a bit of soreness, I feel okay. Yeah. Like, for me, like, okay enough to go and send go it back at the in gym. Go do another tough workout, yeah. But actually, looking at the data on my wrist, made up from heart rate variability scores and stuff, I was in no position to be going in and sending it really, really hard. Yeah. So it took a little bit of, like, practice to go, okay, we can still go to the gym. Like if, if my recovery was in like the yellow, I was like, okay, that doesn't mean sit on the couch and watch right. movies and eat right. popcorn. Yeah. I can still go to the gym or I can still go and run a couple of miles up a mountain, but I don't have to go and, you know, if I do go and go full send, it's actually not going to help yeah. me get any better right now. Yeah. Cause technically speaking, I mean, what it, what it, even though it's telling you to rest or take it easy, you know, it, in the long term, if you look at all the trends of that tracking, you know, active recovery and still getting steps and movement in on those days where your recovery score is low is important to then having the next day, you know, get better and better. Um, and that's the thing someone... I feel like devices tell you to rest. But then if you rest too much, it'll start telling you like, whoa, whoa, get up, <laughs> stop being sedentary, you lazy person. <laughs> like, you know, for someone like me having that information was most useful for learning to be able to back off and for it yeah. to be okay. Yeah. Because there can... are a lot of people that like overtraining doesn't produce extra results. Not at all. Actually the opposite. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. People who go to the gym and push it hard six days a week suffer in the long term. I mean, it might work for a while, but it's not good. Like, you know, not taking rest days is terrible. Like it's, you know, for whatever your goals are, those rest days are helping you get to them, you know, in, in some way, whether it's strength gain, weight loss, all kinds of things. And when you're starting to make progress with something like what for this run up the mountain, like when I started, like in the beginning, every time I start ever trying to run for something, it's always just so miserable. And I'm like, why? Why would I do yeah. this to myself? This is so shitty. This is not a room sucks. full of running lovers. No, like, and I was like, it just hurts and I hate it. And then you know, you kind of have this breakthrough moment at some point. Well, I always have with running stuff where suddenly I'm like, oh, you know, if I just ran three miles and then right. actually it's not that bad. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're like, oh, I just ran five miles and, you know, it wasn't that bad. Um, but it was, it was very, it's always been very hard for me to know when like enough is enough. Yeah. And that actually, even if I had planned an eight mile run that day, and even if I'd spent time mapping out a route, that maybe actually 
four miles mm-hmm. was going to push me closer to my goal of being able to run. So full honesty now. Did you oh, actually, yeah. like, because I kind of know you. I mean, if you had planned out an eight-mile route, like, I'm not doubting what you're saying right now, but I'm curious, like, were there actually days where, yeah, you had a plan and it was to push hard and you woke up and you actually, like, listened to the watch? The, the, not every time. <laughs> okay. Admittedly, not every time. Um, that's where I need, like, a whoop strap and somebody to and stand over me right now. Ah, no, <laughs> that's right. This, the 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 devices can't really can't, replace. It, it should have given me like an electric shock. That know you, yeah. Humans that know you and know your habits are important too. That would actually be an interesting feature if your tracking device shocked you or like did something really annoying or automatically like phoned a friend. Oh, like sent me a message. Oh Hannah's thinking about doing this. So then I'd call you and be like, hey, your whoop strap just alerted me that you're not listening to it. Where are you? It's I'm like, coming to get you. If your device could tell on you. <laughs> like Oh my gosh. That's I mean, I'm sure they will in the future. I mean it would be hard. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure they're getting to the point where there is sort of like artificial intelligence type coaching added to them. Where like Yeah. Right? Like you can I mean I, I'm you, sure it's not yeah. I mean of, if you are a coach. Yeah. I know that like with, with the whoop strap that there's like Kind of, you can create your own little gang, and you can all be right. a member of Absolutely. it. Absolutely, you're right. And there then you can groups. like share yeah. data and stuff, yeah. and see how how other people are performing. Oh, that's so. Right. If you're a coach using that device for your athletes, I mean, you'd think that it would be kind of a useful tool, and right? Because you to would be see able to strength, be like, so you could keep them accountable. Oh, hey, and, yeah. And like, I know that if I mean with my Fitbit, it has a screen. So if somebody was able to message my screen and be like. What the heck are you doing? <laughs> oh my god! I see you. That would be amazing. Be You're like, like ah, what? Who's watching? <laughs> the Whoop doesn't have a screen, so it'd be a little harder to do that. But if it could like vibrate, it or could give. I mean, it could you vibrate. Or... Like, yep. You're about to go down the wrong path today, Hannah. Ping your GPS location to your coach <laughs> or friend who would show up and be like, um. Well, no. Some people want that kind of accountability. So you're right. I'm sure that's a. Uh, but like. <laughs> So the data was useful. It's only useful if you actually understand what it's telling you and right. if you actually pay attention to it. Because if you're not going to pay attention to it, and this is one of the reasons why I kind of ultimately stopped. It's like after I'd done my run and I'd had my whoop strap for about six months and I had, you know, I, I developed a pretty good feeling for recovery. I'd learned a lot about how my sleep was affected. Yeah. Um, and you know, periodically listened to it and backed off and then realized that by not full sending it every day, I actually felt significantly better, had like less right. joint pain and could perform when better. When you got back to surprise, it two surprise. days later or something, yeah, you felt better. But then I was like, I think I've come to the end of the line with like, you know, I was starting to not always check in on the data that it was producing and I'm still yeah. paying for it. And it's not serving me any other function apart from to give me this data so if I'm not going to use it there's really no point in me paying right. for it yeah. so which is why I then like went with bare wrists for a while and that was really weird because <laughs> I was used to having something and I was like I'll just get like a regular kind of cheaper fitness tracker slash watch that does tell me the time um which is what I wear now and you know it's okay I would never go like I said with the what it tells me I burned in 
in terms of calories, I wouldn't necessarily believe that too much. Um, I mean, that's a good general caution to anyone with literally any device or anyone that goes to a gym and gets on like an elliptical where it gives you a calorie count. Literally all of that is guessing at best yeah if you're <laughs> like if you're on not... the elliptical calculating when you can oh. get off so you can go get a drive through mcdonald's right i mean it's, yeah <laughs> i mean even even when we're at the gym right a lot of workouts are programmed to do a certain amount of calories like so you, you'd be like 30 calories on the assault bike and then go do something out and then go do something out like i don't i don't i've never gotten the impression that people program that because they're actually like thinking oh you, we want to burn x amount of calories in this workout it's literally just a way to time the time so that you're on that unit bike of measurement. or the rower it's just a unit of measurement and everybody's bodies burn calories so differently that yeah there's no way to actually but isn't it like there's actually no way to know how many calories you're burning doing an exercise unless you actually go to a lab yeah. they strap on the, the the breathing mask that actually like if you're yeah. in a lab full of scientists scientific equipment yeah and the kind of equipment that can absolutely, definitely measure, like, your oxygen. Yeah, yeah it's like oxygen, face mask. It's basically you've got a mask on your face, you've probably got electrodes on your body, and you're on a treadmill with, like, eight people in lab coats around you. <laughs> and most people on ellipticals are not. <laughs> that is, so not I don't think they've been situation. able to, to make that accessible to, like, an at-home, yeah, or even at a gym kind of piece of equipment. So, so regardless of the level of your tracking device, the calorie part, you know, pinch of salt. Exactly. Like, yeah. But then also, you know, food tracking at best is guesswork. Also, Even if you're doing it because I mean like FDA food levels, you can be food labels can be 20% inaccurate either side. Right. And it's acceptable. So, you know, again, like any kind of terms of calories burned, calories consumed, tracking is at best a, a half decent guess. It's, it's true. not it's true. accurate. And sometimes that like freaks people out, right? People want certainty. And especially, I think, in nutrition coaching, I'm sure, right, you have clients who are like, wait, what do you, like, if you tell them that, that might freak them out because if they're really wanting to, like, track super carefully and, like, are, I, I'm saying this basically from personal experience because I know I'm a little OCD with things. And when I first learned that, I was, I was upset by it. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I am being so careful with weighing food and all this stuff and you're telling me it's still not accurate? Um, and that was hard for a while, but... In the end, on the flip side, it was sort of like, okay, that's actually kind of freeing in a way. It's like, okay, what that means is that if I don't weigh something perfectly, it's it's all okay, yeah. right? I mean, like that's it's, where yeah. it's like being consistent with, you know, all of your lifestyle factors yeah. and your food is the most important thing because we don't have like 100% accuracy elsewhere. And I remember when I first got my um, nutrition coach, um, I, I got a coach through Working Against Gravity and they have a Facebook group for their clients to like discuss and chat. And I read one feed where there was a girl who had been, you know, clearly tracking absolutely everything that went through past her lips. Yeah. And she was freaking out about the Trader Joe's everything but the bagel seasoning. Oh, yeah. Um, does it have sesame Because it has too? sesame it has seeds sesame, and poppy seeds and she, that do have some macros. She, yeah. you know, she was sort of like weighing out or measuring like a serving of the everything but the bagel um, seasoning but then like losing her mind because in any given shake of your everything but the bagel seasoning there would be a different amount of sesame seeds she wanted to separate out the seeds from the herbs and and what amazed me is that like 
the like you know coaches have access to this and like there was actually a couple of other people that jumped in on it who were also freaking out about oh these tiny tiny little insignificant no things. one came in to like talk them off and the i mean they, they may like... have done like a few days afterwards but like i was oh, amazed wow. that like the thread went on long enough where i was like how is no coach stepping in to recognize that this isn't about the freaking sesame seeds this is this goes way yeah. deeper yeah and that this is absolutely not a healthy place yeah. for for this person to be in and to suck anybody else into either. Because then yeah. it's going to send you, if you're already going down that path, you're going to be in a tailspin suddenly to realize about how inaccurate everything right. else you're like. I mean, if, yeah, if you're, you're worried about the sesame seeds that much and then someone tells you that actually the nutritional data that the USDA and other databases provide for sesame seeds might also already be off by like up to 20%. <laughs> That is not going to go well for that person. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's always the fine line with tracking with any devices or in any way is, is um, yeah, you want to be conscious and aware of your relationship with tracking. And I mean, it sounds like your watch, the one you wear now, you have a pretty it calm, gives me, calm relationship. I with do. It. Like I have, it, it tells me the time. So it, it <laughs> that's the first most important thing, right? It serves a function. That is important to me. Yeah. So even if funny, huh? I don't look at the other data or whatever, I'm like, oh, I know the time. Yeah, it's a watch. A quick okay. glance, no, tell me. I've taken X number of steps every day. Cool. Great. Okay. I would say on an average week, I get 10,000 steps a day, sometimes 11. It tells me my heart rate. It's good. Nice yeah. to know. Nice to know. Um, and my calorie thing, don't really care so much for that. And the date. Oh, just on my home screen. Good to know the date. So yes. you know, useful stuff. It's not offensive. It fits nicely. I like it. <laughs> it's rose gold. It like doesn't that. get in my way most of the time when I'm in the gym. Yeah. And you know, I, I it was a one-off purchase. I don't have to right. pay There's for it no every month. Fee. That is important. The app. Yes. When I do open up the app, it has some useful and interesting information. There's a community attached to it that if I wanted to be involved in it, I could. They have challenges and stuff that you can do. As ever, like the, inside the app, you can enter your personal information. The more information that you give it, the better information it can spit out. Yeah, at that's you. always true with devices. Um, I guess you gotta you gotta give it things. <laughs> so you know, for me right now, not feeling like I need to be super obsessive. I, you know, I feel in general pretty good. I feel I've actually stopped working out six days a week and started to work out five days a week. Mm -hmm. Um still one or two days sometimes as double session but i feel really good yeah. for that so yeah i feel like right now i just don't need a ton of extra data i'm intrigued to probably tap back into the sleep thing especially yeah. with the you know introduction of alcohol back in my diet right absolutely um so maybe i'll i'll sit there for the minutes it takes to update <laughs> and start to actually like look at my sleep i'm going to a wedding next weekend so mm -hmm. there will be alcohol so that'll be interesting Ooh, to sleep to tracking track that will also going through different time zones sleep tracking is kind of fascinating that when you is change true. time zones and the yeah. three hour time zone between east and west has always been more of a butt kicker to me oh it's tough then going back to england and yep. having eight hours i know i agree so coast to coast is tough my devices that i've used to track various fitness and health markers have all been attached to my wrist. Yeah. I don't wear anything on my wrist. You don't wear anything <laughs> on the wrist. You have one. 
on your finger. I do. So yeah, I I mean I think I mean I have had something like I had a really cheap like basically it was like a pedometer, I guess. Like it just tracked steps. It said it tracked heart rate, but I don't really think it was like twenty dollars on Amazon. So like not <laughs> not an actual thing. But that was just back in the day when I was, you know, like everyone I think fascinated by everyone telling you you need to like walk ten thousand steps a day and like what that means. So I was like, Oh, I need a pedometer. I'm curious. Uh, but that didn't last long and one of the reasons it didn't last long is that um, I am a side sleeper and I tend to sleep with my hands like under my cheek or like around my face. And it is, it's uncomfortable to have like a watch digging I'm into your face. I'm a side sleeper too. Do you, and I've it, never and, had that problem. Yeah. And I've plenty of people who wear watches and trackers. Now I'm just going to come sneak over and watch yeah, you sleep. Like, it's like, I don't know. I like what crunch my doing? hands up next to my face. I don't know. But I just never <laughs> felt comfortable wearing a watch during my sleep. So um, but similarly, a couple of years ago, I was started getting really fascinated with sleep, um, just sort of sleep, what do they call it? Like sleep hygiene, like how important sleep is, um, for things like sort of longevity and I would like to prevention. point out that when I first heard of the phrase sleep hygiene, I <laughs> thought it meant like how often you washed your bed sheets. <laughs> Oh my god! Well, that's super important too. We should probably all wash our bed sheets more often than we do. I think that's How a often good do you wash your bed PSA. Well, once a week. But I think, I mean, honestly, if I prefer it, I'd like to do it like twice a week. But sometimes I forget. I do it once a week, unless yeah, we have a doggy disaster. Well, yeah, then... yeah. But anyway, back. To anyway, your... but yes, good PSA: sleep hygiene. That's the other part of sleep hygiene. Um, so I, yeah, so I wanted to do this you know, track my sleep better. Uh, it wasn't really working with like, I think, you know, the iPhone had a setting where like you could technically like just put the phone like on the bed next to you while sleeping. I don't really understand how that, I always doubted it. And obviously now most people have Apple watches that sync with their phone, but, um, so yeah, so I had to figure out something and a friend of mine had gotten an aura ring. So it's O U R A. It's a company. I think they're out of the Netherlands. I'm pretty sure. Um, and all they do, they just make one product. It's like this small tech company that basically focuses on sleep health. Um, and they make this ring. And so the Aura ring, it it's, operates very similarly to an Apple Watch or a Whoop. It's got the same kind of sensors and technology. Um, but you're wearing it on your finger, obviously. Um, but the company, like the, the, the tech behind it, it's, you know, it's not a Garmin. It's not like a multi-sport anything. It's not really about activity. It's primarily focused on sleep. So it tracks um, heart rate variability. Um, and I realize like some people maybe don't know what that means. So heart rate variability is like the, um, the time between the beats of your heart. So it's an indication like if, if, your, heart, if your heart rate is low, your heart rate variability will be high, um, right? So less beats per minute means there's more space between each of those beats. Um, and it's, it's a great overall indicator of kind of cardiovascular health, but in your sleep pattern, it's like how restful your sleep is. Like if you have long gaps between the beat of your heart, it means your heart and your body in general are just, uh, they're, they're resting. They don't have a lot of other stuff going on, so your heart's not beating as fast. Um, so it tracks heart rate variability, your heart rate, um, your body temperature. So that's also, mm -hmm. I mean, Whoop does that as well. Like that's a big thing as well. Um, and a big part of sleeping well is sleeping in like a cool bedroom. Like you'll often read stuff like that oh, about temperature. Yeah. Um, so if you're hot, 
you tend to sleep poorly. Also, if you have a lot of alcohol, it raises your body temperature for sure. Yes, so that's does. this is all how it all relates back to sleep. Um, so yeah, body temperature, heart rate variability, heart rate, and then it tracks my like sleep cycle. So how much deep sleep, how much REM sleep, and how much light sleep. And that's how I know that last night I only got 11 minutes of deep sleep because that's what the ring was checking out. Um, so I've really loved it. I have, I think it's, it hasn't quite been two years that I've had it, but um, definitely lots of cool data. The app is really simple. Um, it gives you just really good charts and trends um, and gives you like a whoop strap, gives you like a sleep score and, and a readiness score. So like that, mm-hmm. you know, are, are you ready to go? Um and because I remember looking at when I was yeah. first kind of looking for some sort of fitness sleeping general health device to track, I saw like rings mm-hmm. and it put the, the reason I didn't go for it is that like I really liked with the whoop strap the ability to see like my day strain, exactly. like how strenuous yeah. an activity was. Yeah. And in the gym, doing like CrossFit and barbell you stuff. You are not and being, wearing a ring. You're not wearing you a probably ring. probably should not be for a lot of reasons. So yeah. that's what put me off of that. I was like, yeah, and that's going to get in the way of, yeah. you know, I'm going to have to take it off at these key moments where I want to test and see what like yeah. my output is during this strenuous period. And then how that then also affects my ability yeah. to recover and sleep. So that kind of missing element of data and i'm really i mean a whoop strap is like the only device that really does that like if you were like i really want to see what happens to my body when i do fran or some other kind of benchmark workout Mm -hmm. um or a marathon or stuff like that like that is what you need like that is the trade-off with a lot of the other devices is like this ring it is designed to be a sleep tracker so even if i did wear it during like running there's lots of activities you can still wear it um, but it'll only track uh, sort of steps and estimated mileage. Like it does have an accelerometer. So if you're walking or moving, it will track that. Um, but you have to tell it what you're doing. I love that word, by the way. Just putting an that out accelerometer. accelerometer. I know. It sounds <laughs> it's, totally like, it's I don't really know, like sci-fi something. Yeah. To say. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but that is built into all, a lot of these devices. That's how they track your steps and sort of tell if you're walking or running. Um, so this one, it does have some predictions. Like it'll... It'll say, like, I'll open it up and sync it, and it'll be like, oh, were you just running for this 20 minutes? And it's like, no, actually, I was just, I was in my, in the shower washing my hair. Vigorously Right, scrubbing. like, I was vigorously, like, massaging my scalp with my hand. So, like, you know, so it doesn't, it, it's not an activity tracker, basically. I have to tell it that I did cross-training or that I was cycling or rowing or running. Um, so you can go into the app and actually input activity. So that's the trade-off. You're getting really good sleep data and probably much more accurate sleep data and like body temperature, heart rate variability data. But yeah, it's not it's not telling me like how bad that CrossFit workout is. I have to tell it how bad the CrossFit workout is. So we know that like the Whoop Strap is about the thirty dollars a month ish. Yeah, and then I think you like could 30 you or 40. sign up for like you could sign up for like six months or yeah, a year you probably or... get a discount if you sign up for a whole year or something. My Fitbit Versa 2 is probably like $150 or something like that. By the way, most of the time Rachel um, has been talking, I just, I opened up my Fitbit I, app I saw, I was thinking, she's thinking it? How long is it taking to, to see sync? how long, and it's literally just synced <laughs> with my, with my watch. Okay, so that was, you're right, that's a weirdly long time. Like, But it, I'm going to actually make a pact to use it this week and check it every morning when I wake up okay. to see if like, perhaps it's just that it, it needs an update. Um, 
I'm gonna, so how much is the aura I'm ring? I'm gonna open my aura ring right is now. Is that a one-off purchase? So my aura ring is updating in about that's like ten six, seconds, six seven seconds. Oh, and it's telling me I've already I'm halfway to my goal, but it set my goal pretty low because I didn't sleep well last night. Okay, this is good actually. If do you have your last night's sleep data? I do. And then we could compare. Let me just double check. This yeah. is last night. Oh, and let me well, this week. answer your question. So the Aura Ring, I think, I think it's like around two hundred and fifty dollars. Um, okay. So it's and that's it's, a one-off purchase. It's a one-off no... purchase. Yeah. It, there's no monthly fee. It's a one-off purchase. Um, and you know the app you just download for free on on your phone. So yeah, definitely a one-off. Um, yeah. Okay. And I mean, I think the one-off. I mean, like two fifty is reasonable. Like. You get up to like the fancy Garmin activity trackers. Those are like, can be up to like $1,200. Same with Apple watches. So, but I think mostly Whoop's the only one that has like a monthly fee. Okay. So now we're going to do a little data comparison (laughs) to see what we look like and see what information you're actually getting. And this is, this is kind of fun because I haven't looked at this. So I'm in my Fitbit Versa 2 sleep from last night. um, And it says... Gives you like an, a sleep score, which I'm assuming, yes, out of 100. So 100 being you slept like a champion, zero being like you clearly didn't go to bed. So <laughs> last night it actually gave me 77, okay. which is apparently fair. Okay. Um, And then it tells me that I was asleep for 7 hours and 13 minutes total. And then I get this little graph, which shows me my sleep stages. And it has awake, REM, light, and deep. Okay, that's pretty standard. And as you, you can wake see, up a I've lot. A oh, lot. Look at perfectly regular. You, you're up five I times up. a night at regular <laughs> intervals. Wake up. I did last night. <laughs> that was pretty much every time. And I rem- actually look at that. I remember all of those times waking up, going like, "Oh God, I'm yeah. hungover." <laughs> But the interesting part is all of the little dashes between the times when I'm actually those are, probably are those awake, movement? where I'm awake, Tossing but and turning. not like obviously consciously awake. It, it they're so small, and that's oh those little interruptions. All the, everything in red is when I'm awake, and I think a lot of that. Oh, that's a lot of okay. So sometimes I would blame it on Dave, my husband, but he was sleeping on the couch last night. <laughs> Can't, can't blame out. Dave, but you that blame the dog. is actually probably a lot to do with the dog. Those yeah. little interruptions. You've mentioned that before, that Dory wakes you up pretty regularly throughout the night. So it tells me that last night, and, and my deep sleep generally usually happens fairly early on in the night. Like most of the time I have no problem falling asleep. I have a tough time staying asleep a yeah. lot of the time. Um, so I fall into deep sleep pretty quickly. And like last night, as I said, we were up, Rachel and I were both together, we were celebrating didn't get into bed until just past 10 p.m., which is significantly that's past late. my usual that's bedtime. That's totally late for us. <laughs> but it tells me that during the night uh, from 10... So apparently I was asleep from 10.20 through to 6.18 with my various interruptions. I was awake for 45 minutes during the night. I had 2 hours and 21 minutes of REM sleep, which was 29%. I had three hours and six minutes of light sleep, which is 39%, and one hour, 46 minutes of deep sleep, which is 22%. Oh, I'm so jealous you're a deep sleeper. I never get that much. 
And then it also gives me my estimated oxygen variation. Hmm. I don't, I and don't it know that. And it only quantifies that as big or small. Blood oxygen saturation normally, normally fluctuates, but big variations can be linked to breathing issues. Estimated oxygen variation approximates the changes in your blood oxygen saturation. So all hmm. of mine were in the small. Um, so apparently I don't have any breathing issues. Does it give you your, your heart rate overnight? Sleeping heart rates. Let's see. Uh, oh, that's a premium feature. <laughs> so this oh, is where like... Okay, interesting. Actually, this is, you know, giving me some decent information here. Um, if I want to, and I will investigate it to see like how much it costs, if like the, the data is there available to me if I want it, but I just got to not yeah, be a cheapskate and pay okay. for it. So I could, I could unlock a level to learn my sleeping heart rate. I could also unlock a level for restlessness, know how often you toss and turn during the night and see how this plays into your score. But I can also see that from the little sleep stages graph that it gives you. Right, right. Where if you don't like, want the analysis. I, I toss and turn a lot, but it looks like sometime around 3.30 to 4.30 in the morning was my most peaceful time mm, of the night because okay. I don't have any Good little red know. dashes. So that's that's my... Sleep. That is fascinating because like hearing that, so this is also, I mean, these devices are so different. So like I said, the Aura Ring is primarily about sleep and mine gives me a lot more information than than yours. Like it's, so a lot of, some of it's the same. So it's saying, um, it tells me I was, my total sleep was six hours and 56 minutes. Um, that's definitely low for me. Any, I like seven and a half or more. I beat you. Um, I was in bed for seven hours and 27 minutes. So it's also sensing like when you're like kind of have laid down. Mm -hmm. Um, So total sleep 656. And and then it gives me one, two, three, four, five, six. So seven indicators, seven contributors to my sleep score. So my sleep score was 79 last night, which is a good sleep score. It's definitely not optimal or excellent for me but um so total sleep factors into that efficiency so my sleep efficiency was 93 percent, and it explains to you that sleep efficiency reflects the percentage of time spent asleep compared to the time spent awake while in bed so i would think like yeah if you're waking up as much as you are your efficiency score would be lower um, for most adults, sleep efficiency of 85% or more is a sign of peaceful, uninterrupted sleep. Um, or also links to a lot of like, you can read more articles. Restfulness is a, um, a contributing factor. So that's tracking all those things. How many times you wake up and how much you toss and turn. Um, yeah, so everyone moves and wakes up during sleep, but too much starts to affect your quality. So my restfulness was good. My efficiency was 93%. My REM sleep was an hour 44, and that's good. It was 25% of my total sleep. Um, my latency, so it tracks latency, meaning how long it takes you to fall asleep. So mm-hmm. it took me 13 minutes to fall asleep. Um, sleep latency... Is okay, so ideally you should fall asleep within 15 to 20 minutes of lying down. So you want it to be a little bit, but that's why you shouldn't watch TV, right? Exactly, no, it totally messes up your your score. 
So, but falling asleep in less than five minutes can be a sign of being overtired. So you also don't want your latency to be like a minute because that means you're, you went to bed too exhausted. You should have gone to bed earlier. I can now just like imagine somebody trying to like get the, the ultimate score and like they go to bed, look at their watch, like don't fall asleep, don't fall don't asleep, asleep, don't, don't, don't fall asleep, not yet, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it, so, and then timing. So it looks at my 24 hour rhythm and, and takes into account whether or not I've been going to bed at the same time every night. Like everyone always tells you that, right? You should try to go to bed and wake up within the same like half hour to hour period every day. So it takes that into effect. And then my lowest score, everything I scored good or good, optimal or excellent on all of those contributing factors. But my deep sleep was 12 minutes, which was 3% of my overall sleep. And that is pretty terrible. It's like 10% probably of that line. That's really bad. So it's saying deep sleep on an average adult spends 15 to 20% of their total sleep time in deep sleep an hour to an hour and a half. So you're sub, right? Like you are optimal plus in the amount that you got. Um, but deep sleep is when your blood pressure drops, heart and breathing rates are stable, arms and leg muscles get relaxed and it's harder for you to be woken up. So it's like definitely the best kind of sleep. I have the same graph as you. Um, I only woke up once in the middle. Um, but I tossed and turned a bit. It would be interesting, um, if I lent you my dog. Right? Oh, yeah, to see if, like, (laughs) yeah, that absolutely gets a good point. Um, But I'm also, like, I will, from years of sailing and, like, needing to be able to respond really quickly to stuff, like, you kind of taught your brain. If I hear the slightest noise from anywhere, I'll be awake like that. Exactly. Unless, unless I am so exhausted, like if I've done like some monumental physical activity or like missed out a ton of sleep, like unless something like that happens or I'm really drunk when I went to bed. Right. I will wake up to everything. Yeah. That's tough. I, and I'm not that way. I don't have that background. So it always amazes me when I hear people like sleeping through all sorts of things and I'm like, how <laughs> how did you sleep through that um yeah and then the last two things on mine i i don't have to pay extra or upgrade to get the fact that so my average heart rate overnight was 74 that's pretty high and that's definitely the alcohol mm-hmm. and the lowest was 63 and it gives me a chart that shows how long it took for it to drop to that low level Ooh. and that's also an indicator of like that's how I know I I your body was ate. working hard at something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you're when it's elevated for the first like four hours, I was in bed. That meant my body was still processing all that alcohol. And that's um, what I'm always telling like my nutrition yeah. clients, like you yeah. know, don't want to try don't. and eat, like give yourself one to two hours yeah. of like digestion time before Absolutely. going to bed. Like I had recently a question from somebody like, I think I need to change up my late night crunchy snack, and I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, like, and let, let's take a look at why you're snacking rather than like, what can we change it to? But like, why are you snacking yeah. right before you go to bed? You know, did you not eat enough during the day? Is this just some kind of habit that you're doing and you don't really, mm-hmm. not really hungry because if you do have an ability like Apple watch, I think tracks it, or if you've got a Fitbit and aura ring, like yeah. whoop, whatever you've got, and it can tell you like your heart rate overnight. And I just looked into my Fitbit and I'd have to pay nine ninety nine a month for all okay. of the optimal so. features. Um, then you can actually really get that picture. You know, I feel like I'll get a lot of eye rolls when I'm like, you really should think about this and this. And it's like, 
Well, that's true. Because if yeah. you eat your dinner, like we ate probably, I don't know, I can't remember what time we ate. We ate pretty early. It was pretty like, early? Okay. I mean, not actually not as early as I usually eat dinner, but still early enough. Like we were done eating by 7.15. So, okay. So we ate fine, but like the alcohol, our bodies were obviously, we both went yeah. to bed. And our bodies were still trying still to work on something. That, yeah. So that means, you know, if your body is all like jacked up and going to work and you might be asleep, but yeah. you're not in the kind of sleep that's really like setting you up to be the best version of yeah. you the next day. Your body has to basically, your body has to stop metabolizing before it can get into like that really restorative kind of phase. So yeah, I mean, it would be similar if, um, if you ate like a big steak right before mm-hmm. bed, that would be comparable in terms of like your heart rate uh, and watching it overnight. That would be comparable to probably drinking half a bottle of wine because your body's like, whoa, all this protein. And then you got to put our energy into breaking that down. When your body is working hard, your heart rate is obviously elevated because yep. it's, it's working. But your temperature is also elevated mm-hmm. because like mm-hmm. if you're part of the thermic effect of food, when you eat like protein is the hardest macronutrient for your body to break right. down into so it's gonna to like heat useful up. form. Yeah. So just like when you go to work on your elliptical, yeah, <laughs> you start to get sweaty when your body is doing its own version of being on its elliptical it inside, heating up. it yeah. heats up. And then yeah. if you've had your big steak and let's say you enjoyed mm-hmm. your big steak with a nice bottle of wine, now yeah. your body is doubling down. Yeah. And even if your room is at a nice cool temperature and even if you like you've you got eight hours water and stuff, and, yeah. it, you're not at rest. You're at work with your eyes closed. Yep, exactly. And I mean, my, the, the aura ring, so I sync mine every morning because obviously the overnight sleep data is the most important data that it's giving me. So every morning I wake up and I just sync it. And sometimes it'll actually say, oh, your heart rate was was elevated last night. Did you work out close later than usual? Or did you eat dinner later than usual? Like it will actually prompt me to think about those things the next morning. Because it is, it's those things. It's usually alcohol, a big meal late at night, or if you exercise. Like some people exercise, you know, 7, 8, 9 p.m., like 24-hour fitness, people work out all times all of the night, day, right? right that. <laughs> and that also, like, your your body, it takes a while to come down from that. So, so yeah, there's lots of reasons why, like, those first few hours of sleep can be really impacted by... So when it comes yeah. to, I mean, like, having actual data is super useful. Like, yeah. it's useful for you, and it's useful if you're working with coaches in fitness, if you're working with coaches in nutrition, it can be really useful for doctors, if yeah. they're trying to figure stuff out, because the more information we have, the better. But I think there's also so much information that what fitness tracker you choose, you know, think carefully about what you actually need to know. Because Absolutely. it's very, it's like buying a new car. You can get carried away like, oh, I need this extra and I need this All extra. All the bells and, I, and whistles. And I definitely yeah. need the, the hardcore four-wheel drive with the snow tires when I don't even live anywhere <laughs> near snow. But it sounds like just Hannah, in Hannah's case. speaking from experience on that one. Um, <laughs> um, snow cars with no snow nearby. <laughs> that was a feature. I was so happy about it. Just in case. Um, so the... For me, like if somebody was, if one of my clients was asking me, like, I want to get my a tracking device for myself so I have data that's useful, like, I would be like, what what do we really need? Yeah. Like, what is important to you? Like, as I was discussing, it was actually kind of nice for me. If I'm going to have something around my wrist, I want it to tell me the time. 
Yeah. And if it doesn't, then it's going to kind of piss me off. So that was an important feature for me. It doesn't matter to you because you it don't like to wear things yeah, around exactly, your wrist exactly. and you don't mind having a ring on your finger. I almost never wear rings. You can ask my husband who's constantly asking where my wedding <laughs> Where's ring is. Where's your wedding ring? It's in the bathroom. <laughs> um, and then it's like, what data do you actually need? Like, what do you need to pay yeah. for? What's your budget? Right. Do you need to be like a one and done? Like the Fitbit that I'm wearing right now and I'm not paying anything additional for it gives me... Plenty enough information yeah. for where I'm at right now and things that I might be yeah. interested in looking at or working on. If I but really wanted to for more. Yeah, dial it in, I could pay for some more. You paid more up front. Yep. But now there's like, you're done. I'm done. And I, I, I tend to like that. I'm <laughs> if you want to go whoop, which probably has the most comprehensive of all of the data. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're really wanting to like fine tune yourself as a human... Um, whether it's for some particular sport or just to be like the best business person that, you know, waking up yeah. and high functioning right. true. and focusing all day long, then, you know, are you good with paying a monthly fee? Yeah. Less upfront, but you're then committed to paying X amount every yeah. month. And, and it's true. I mean, yeah, Whoop is like for, I mean, like professional athletes, right? Like Whoop, Whoop is definitely, you know geared toward people that really want a lot of data and really want to listen to the data because because it's true it's like all of these things you know everything from these devices to counting your macros i mean we are in a phase of society where like we like to quantify everything Mm -hmm. like people track their steps everybody like thinks in these numbers that's one thing that does not do there is no step well and because it kind of makes sense their their theory is is like if you're a swimmer for yeah, example, exactly. and you spend all day exactly. swimming laps of a pool, yeah. but you walk 2,000 steps and your device yeah. is like, 2,000 steps, 2000, what that's the nothing. Heck? You're not meeting your 10K a day, yeah. The, yeah. the whole 10K steps a thing a day, I think I think it's like a good thing for people to be mindful yeah. of, like because obviously the more you move, the better, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of prompts a lot of people to get up out of their chair and to, yes. to walk somewhere. Apple Watches... Say they'll like give you an alert, right? Like, Mine does. Maybe it's time. Does too. Mine's yeah. like the ring does too, actually. But I have to like open the app, and then it's like time to stretch your legs for a bit. Like it'll let me know that like I've been really, you know, seated for a long time. But um, so yeah, so it helps. It definitely helps. But yeah, but what but, you you know what an app or any app or any device that you're wearing or trying to use should not do is be like a source of stress, which exactly. is like either hard to use or just completely overwhelming. Like there is literally no point in you having a screen loaded with different numbers and right? percentages <laughs> and quality ratings and stuff. If you don't have the first damn clue what any of that means absolutely, and looking at it just literally makes you freak out. Yeah. Because... And I, I will say I, so with my aura ring and if anyone is considering any of these devices where sleep is something you're thinking about, like you definitely, yeah, like learn, learn something, right? When I, shortly after I got my aura ring, I read this amazing book called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. He's like this awesome nerdy sleep scientist. And like that, reading that book while in the first few months of having this ring was, was crucial because that book basically explained to me everything that the ring was trying to tell me. So I actually had some knowledge to go with it because you're right. It's really overwhelming. Like if I had a whoop strap, I feel like I'd have to do homework before I fully understood. Like, what? how does it, what does it take into account for day strain? Like, what does that mean? Um, so, yeah, none of it's going to make it just magical and easy for you. So, I mean, like, I, I feel like we've focused on sleep and I'm glad that, like, 
sleep has been sort of the primary thing because for most people, if you're not like an avid athlete or professional athlete mm-hmm. or someone working to something very, very specific, if you're looking for kind of like, how do I just feel that little bit better yeah. every day? How do I, how do I <laughs> actually get my body to start yeah. the process yeah. of body recomposition and losing some body fat? Or how yeah. do I maintain and gain yeah. muscle mass? Feel good in the gym? Things like... As like a regular, the sleep, know, everyday gym goer. Yeah, the sleep and the recovery is such a huge factor. Yep. And it is really useful to be able to look back and be like, oh goodness, look at that. I've got... Um, you know, I, I feel like crap and now I can see why. And um, why did I sleep like that? Well, let's let's go yeah. back another step. What did I do? What were my behaviors that yeah. day? Or what did I do just before bed? Or was I sleeping in a different place? Did I forget? Yeah. I know if I've, I'm a side sleeper, if I don't travel with my side sleeping your pillow, pillow yeah. I will not sleep Right? Well it's true. All. It's true. I mean, I really do. I think you're absolutely right. I think sleep Paying attention to your sleep leads to all the right questions about other things. <laughs> and I've been, and I have, I have worked with people who were doing, on paper, like in front of you, like they were doing everything right to lose weight. They were eating mm-hmm. in a caloric deficit. They were eating healthy foods. They had a solid gym Getting some routine. movement in, doing what, yeah. They were getting steps in. They were drinking their water. Yeah. But like not a whole hell of a lot was happening. So I was like, okay, we've dialed in all of these factors. Yeah. You are, in, you know, unless you're doing something crazy, you're not telling me. Right. <laughs> you're, you're apparently doing everything right. So yeah. what is the missing piece? So let's look at, let's look more into the lifestyle. And there were two key gonna, things. There was stress. I was going to say, I'm going to guess stress and sleep. <laughs> a lot of stress, which also, you know, obviously wrecks your sleep it too. Does. And, and and major sleep problems. Yeah. And some of those sleep, the stress part you know that takes a while to fix depending on where the stress is coming from we started to work on some things to reduce that a little bit which was had huge effects quickly but there was like certain lifestyle elements we knew that that were going to be there and you couldn't you know some some things that cause a stress you can't just turn off as much as you'd like to you know that it could you could be looking at like a six month period where you just know that stress is going to be elevated yeah so you can only do the best you can do but the sleep part there were some really simple things um, that we could do like the room temperature, just making sure that that was, I think we lowered it by three or four degrees and it was like a, a world of difference and changing a pillow mm-hmm. and even buying new bed sheets that were like a better quality oh, and yes. just stayed cooler. Absolutely. Those cooling sheets. We, we have, we have a hundred percent flax linen ones and they are amazing in the summer and the winter. They're they are like my favorite sheets. And you're right, that makes an absolute difference to And I remember you. like when I first like was growing up and starting to buy things from a house, like I went to buy new bedding and I was like, Holy crap, it's expensive. This is expensive. <laughs> yeah. And I'm gonna go yeah. and get like cheap stuff. And you know, if that's if if that's all you can afford, that's all you can afford, right? Right. But once you get to that point in your life where you have like, okay, I could spend this much money and I could spend it on bed sheets and side sleeping pillow like that was revolutionary to me like buying a side sleeper pillow yeah or I could go out and like have some nice meals or buy some new clothes or whatever that's like where this is like the the first option is an investment in your quality of life the second option is just some some nice fun stuff so that that's how we know we're grown-ups when you like choosing the, the option of the side sleeper to pillow. divert your cash, but it makes such a huge it difference. Does. Like we all know what it feels like when you've had 
a quality night's sleep and you oh, wake yeah. up and you're just like, oh, I'm ready to take I'm ready world. to take on the day and my mood is better and it's more stable and I have energy mm-hmm. throughout the day and I'm not looking to suddenly make bad decisions about 2 p.m. because my head is hitting my desk. Yeah, it really is worth the investment. And that's where having a device, some kind of tracking thing, is really useful. Mm -hmm. And you really only need three or four pieces of information from it. You don't have to get full science unless you love data. And you have the time to be able to learn about what that means. So then you're not reacting to some form of data that doesn't actually make any sense to you. Yeah. So, with all that being said, I'm going to, like, I'm going to give my little Fitbit over here and you lease a life. Yeah? Right? You're going to sink it more I'm often? Get back into it. <laughs> sink it more often. And uh, I'm going to really pay attention to the sleep data this week. Um, yeah. We, you know, in, in, a, in I coming episodes, we, we can check. Up. Yeah, we can check in on it. I'd be curious about, yeah, pay attention to it when you're traveling. And, uh, and yeah. I mean, like, time zones. For you, the ring works. For me, yeah. my watch works. Whatever you guys choose, just make sure it's something that works for you. Because there's no point spending $250 on a ring that you're never going to wear. Right. Absolutely. And if anyone uses different ones, like drop us a comment or something. I'd be curious to hear what people use. And if it's ones that we haven't talked about, you know, what are the other options out there? Because, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot. There's a lot you can, you can do. One of these days, I'm going to get one of the super fancy Garmin ones because the... Uh, for for hiking and and backpacking, especially at altitude, they have fancy ones that will actually uh, check in on your blood saturation levels, like oxygen sat. So, um, in theory, those can let you know how you're um, acclimating to altitude. Mm, which I am curious about. So, if I do that, it might be like before I climb my next like uh, high summit. Um, there you go. But yes, we'll we'll return to these these devices. And I also go. like going back to what you said in the beginning. I want to revisit my twenty three and Me DNA thing. Oh yeah, so check in on the deep sleep thing because that that's interesting. I'd be curious because like I'm so jealous that you got two hours of deep sleep last night, um, and I got twelve minutes. So like I'd be curious to see yeah if yours says like you're a deep sleeper because I'm not. So for me, an hour is about as much as I can hope for. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, it's been another fine, fascinating conversation. Uh, like Rachel said, we'd love to hear more about what you track, what has been useful, and what has just been kind of ex- the accessory data that you maybe cast aside and don't really pay attention to. Um, thank you for listening. Um, please leave us a comment, DM us, share, uh, and we'll be back in 10 days with another fine, fascinating topic.